Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Matthews, the Founder and Chief Resilience Officer of Asphalus Advisors. Today, I'm super excited. We're going to be talking to a great friend. And the topic that we're going to be covering today is embracing emerging leadership. Our guest today is Daniela McCoy. She's a Business Continuity Program Administrator at Health Partners Plans. Daniela, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Vanessa. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, I had a chance to meet you, I feel like it was maybe one or two years ago at a DRJ conference. And I met you right before you were speaking on a panel. And um, so for those of our you know, subscribers who don't know you, can you share with them a little bit about yourself and how you landed into the space of business continuity? Absolutely. So I started way back at the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, um, in the FEMA core program, and I was placed on a planning team, and I, I really learned to enjoy planning and preparedness. Um, I had just received my master's degree in healthcare emergency management, so I was gung-ho to go into emergency management, and I did after my uh, FEMA core stint uh, completed, and I actually landed my first job in the industry, so to speak, as a continuity of operations planner with New York City Emergency Management. So I started my continuity journey with the city of New York, which if you're into emergency management, they're one of the premier uh, yeah, emergency management organizations in the country. And then from there, um, it just, you know, New York City is very expensive. <laughs> so I decided that I really didn't want to have that kind of expenses. And so I ventured out, applied around, and now I'm at Health Partners Plans in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I run the Business Continuity Program, the Crisis Communications Program, and I dabble in in the um, disaster recovery and crisis management. So um, that's exciting. I also teach at University of Alaska Fairbanks remotely, um, and I do their uh, business continuity and crisis management course. So I would call those your receipts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are all the great things that you do. So what kind of healthcare organization is Health Partners Plans? So we're actually a nonprofit and we do, we offer Medicare, Medicaid, and CHIP insurance. Awesome. Okay. So we actually just did a webinar last year with Deanne Criswell, who was the former commissioner for the New York Emergency Management Office, and now she is the new FEMA administrator. So... Yes, yes. I did not have the pleasure of working there while she was there, but um, it's it's a good organization, solid mission, and people certainly dedicated to the cause. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear that. I had no idea that you actually spent some time there, so that's really good for me to know. So the topic today is embracing emerging leadership. So my first question for you is, what is emerging leadership? Sure. So it's this idea of who's coming next? Who do we prime to take over when the boomers decide they're ready to retire or they've won the lottery and they're just ready to get out, right? So it's, it's who's going to make sure that they can handle the mission of supporting communities and organizations and who can do it well. So what skills can we give them and who has the capacity, right? Who has the desire, who has the passion to be able to step up and take over? 
And when we talk about embracing emerging leaders, what does that look like to you? Sure. So I think it's really important to remember that the next leader, the emerging leader, is not going to look like you, talk like you, come from where you come from. They may not have the highest GPA. They may not even have a specialized degree, but they have some grit. They have uh, pure intentions and they have, like I said, the capacity to be able to follow directions, but also create, innovate, and execute. Got it. So I think it was a year or two ago, I remember you and some other colleagues from Fusion, Bogdana was there, and PNC, and you guys were on a panel, and it was what I would consider a millennial panel, and your audience were baby boomers. And you guys were having a dialogue about how do we work together in our profession, um, and how do we reach across the aisle to build relationships and to embrace, right, what you just spoke about. So can you share with our subscribers, especially for those who may not have been there, what, what were your observations from that panel? What, what did you notice that you can share with us today? Bogdana and I, and, um, you know, we had an advisor, Alice Kalamark, uh, and, um, you know, we worked very well together. We worked diligently. You know, we put this really nice PowerPoint together and we were ready to rock. And I think I actually used the words, I'm ready to rock out in the panel presentation. <laughs> um, but it, it was a senior advanced track panel. And so it was a certain, um, you know, it wasn't for everyone, right? So you really truly had executives and senior level staff that were in that. And it was an interesting um, dynamic because we did receive some of those, well, that's nice that you want to do this. And that's a great idea. But the reality is X, Y, and Z. And I think the purpose of the panel was to say, we understand how it's being done and how it's been done, but we want to give you some ammo to change the game. We want you to have what you need to be able to actively engage us and others, right? So yes, it was a millennial panel, but when I think of emerging leadership, it could be someone who is 40s, you know, up further, it doesn't really matter the age, they may be new to the industry, and they need to have that kind of relationship, that mentorship to get them to the next level. So there, there, I think there was a little bit pushback, if I can be honest. Um, but I also think there were people who were ready to embrace it and were kind of quite shocked about how the conversation went in the room with that seeing the pushback, but then seeing the embrace. So there, you definitely have people on both sides of the aisle that are, you know, like the way things have been done. Um, and then those who are ready to kind of try something new and see where it will take them. When you think back to the panel and how you prepared, two questions for you are, what, what was the challenge or the obstacle that you all were there to address? Because it really ties into this podcast today. And then secondly, what was the objective? It was uh, future leaders. That, that was basically the title of the panel. And we came together to kind of really um, address this kind of, you know, millennials get a bad rap. And I am a millennial. I might be on the upper end of the millennials, but I am a part of it. And, you know, we get a bad rap for entitlement and for, you know, not really sticking through things. And it's just, 
if I said all baby boomers were X, Y, and Z, you know, they come up back at me and be like, that's ridiculous. We're not all like that. But millennials just got one big, you know, ball all together. And so we were trying to break some of those stereotypes, like, hey, these are the things that we were doing. I have a degree in this. I'm certified in this. I am actually committed to doing this and doing this well. This is what I need to continue to do well, right? Because when you're in your 20s and 30s, or I'll say new in service, there are certain things that stand out as, oh, that's great. But as you go in and, you know, you increase your professionalism, you got to keep on elevating yourself. And sometimes you do need some help. So a lot of us are a team of one, like myself. And it's really important to have mentorship or to go to conferences and be able to, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. Whereas like Infusion, they have a whole group that they can bounce out, you know, so everyone's experience is different. So what is it like to be on a team of one? What is it like to work in the group? What is it like to be a woman? What is it like to be young? What is it like to be black and brown? All of these things, we try to take a little bit of those pieces. What is it like to be told, we're not going to do this because we've never done this? Well, why did you ask me for ideas then? You know, how do you how do you have those conversations about technology and trust and training? Those are the things that we really wanted to um, get through to the uh, audience. Love it, love it, and and I really appreciate you for sharing that. That that is something that I've been vocal about through our podcast as well as my own personal experiences in the industry. When I entered in, one, I came from a historically black college into a completely uh, lacking environment where it did not have diversity at all. Um, And then the majority of my leaders have been white male leaders who were not equipped or prepared uh, to train, to coach, to mentor me in in any capacity. And so I, I typically say there's three things that work for me or against me just depends on where I am. I'm a woman, I am black, and I am a millennial. And to your point, I'm on the upper end of this, the spectrum. And uh, my parents are boomers, right? But there are things that I've experienced and a lot of pushback to your point of, well, I'm not gonna let this person come into this room or you can't come to this meeting or, well, why do you wanna leave in two years? Well, because I don't wanna work for this company for the rest of my life, that, that's just not how I'm wired. And so there are things that make us different And those differences also is really what diversity is about, you know, and being able to to take those things and apply it to make the organization more sustainable and to make the work that we do uh, provide more more value back to the business. So I completely understand um, some of the things that you you spoke about today. I also teach at a university and I also have students. So I understand the other side of the coin. (laughs) Yep, yep. With the Gen Z and 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 how they are brought up and what they think. And it's what's so interesting for me is even as a millennial, there's such a difference with how they think and how they're wired versus how I was raised and how I'm wired. So totally understand that. So my question for you is what are the barriers that you see as we have other emerging leaders who want to enter into the field? So I will say cost is certainly a barrier. Um, it's not something that we probably think of very often, but um, the cost to conferences, the cost for certification, the cost for, uh, you know, a degree in this field, right? So it's, it's not, you know, the cost for a degree is not specific to 
resiliency and business continuity, but it is a factor, right? So if you can only afford an associate's degree, but there's only one associate's program in the country or not where you are, then you have to really figure out how you're going to make this work. Um, And other barriers are you know, if you don't see people who look like you and talk like you or come from where you come from, you may not think you belong in this industry. Um, it's not true for just, you know, the representation that people are talking about in politics or in Hollywood. Um, it's also true for us as well. How does creating a safe space for curiosity of new talent benefit this profession? Yeah, so I'd really encourage people to be open to just, you know, accepting that friend request or connection request on LinkedIn, especially from a student. Um, I encourage my students to do that quite often, and I find most people are open to it, but it's just that, hey, how are you? How can I help you? Let's chat for 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever your capability is. Um, the, The BCI created a future leaders program, which I am the future leader. I think that's a really great step because it's encouraging, you know, that emerging leadership, that future leader to be able to come in and work with these seasoned professionals that are really classy, really know what they want to do, what they need to do. Um, But there's really not a lot of programs like that out there. Um, You know, IAEM and National Black MBA and ACES, they all have student memberships to some of these organizations. So things like that would really help. Well, Daniela, I could talk to you for hours, but I know you have to go and we appreciate your time today. Where can our listeners find you? I'm very active on LinkedIn. So please reach out. I will accept you. Even if it takes me a few hours, I do check it every day. So happy to connect. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Asfalis Advisors. Subscribe, share, download, and look out for future episodes.